from Slickback Studios headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, Mike Coscarelli, Matt Lajeski, and Adam Foster are The Sports Group. All sports, all men, all right. Sponsored by Falstaff Beer, America's favorite beer for the drive home. And we're back in the last place on earth where men can still be met. You are now in the fist pumping, heart bumping, cock sucking, motherfucking sports group. I am your host, Mike Coscarelli, in New York City. Joined tonight for the first time ever, also in New York City, by Matt Lajeski. It is so good to be back. It is nice to have you here, buddy. Uh, we're in studio at your Slickback Studios in Williamsburg, in Brooklyn, uh, in San Diego, California. As always, we we rigged up the whole thing here in the studio. This is the first time trying it. Hopefully, there's no tech problems. Uh, but if if there are, all that happens is we lose Adam Foster, and we can live without that. Can't this, we, Adam? This what a horrible intro. This is what I get. <laughs> It's like bullying. It's like two on one. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm being targeted by the host of this show. Well, we you and I, we have a thing. We have a dynamic, Adam. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> right? I mean uh Matt But it's it's not cool when you do it. No, of course. That's what everybody says, all of our listeners. It's good to bully, it's not good to be bullied. Right. Exactly. Right. That's right. That's how I grew up. Right. Uh, Matt, it's more fun to believe. Tell us about your trip to New York so far. How has it been? You've been here for uh, uh, about a week. A week. Now almost, yeah. Right? I mean, Adam, listen, I hate to break with the sort of thing we have developed where it's like, oh, it's so good to try new things, get outside it. It's the greatest city in the world, baby. It's so good to be so back. So you don't, you enjoy being back? You miss it? Miss it is an understatement so <laughs> do you i mean you've been in chicago for a year now do yeah. you want to stay there i mean want to stay there so like let's outline a scenario right if somebody said hey matt you can have a mansion in lincoln park that's like the nicest neighborhood in chicago right lincoln park right across from north avenue beach right on the basically the edge of lake michigan you can have a mansion, eight bedrooms, 10,000 square feet, terrace, patio, elevator that goes directly to your bedroom. You can have that for $1,000 a month, or you can just move back to New York. I'm moving back. <laughs> you took, it took a while to get there, but yeah, well, I, had to, you, I had to really illustrate. I had to really make the point yeah. of really, truly how second rate yeah. any other city is. Yeah. And when I say city, I mean like anywhere. I'm mm-hmm. not even just talking city. I'm talking anywhere else in the country that I have spent any significant amount of time. It's not close. Yeah. So how's San Diego, Adam? We were we were actually talking the entire time when Matt was here. Also, we have a we have a story that we have to tell you from Matt's birthday dinner at Quality Bistro. It's a tragic tragedy Oof. of a story. 
But uh, oh wow, the, the entire I time- love a tragedy, dude. <laughs> You have no idea how excited I just got when you said it's a tragic tragedy. Like, Is there anything? I'm like, fuck, can we just can we just go into the story right now? <laughs> sure. A block tragedy. Yeah, a There's block tragedy. Nothing better than a birthday tragedy. Yeah. So Matt and I went to. But Qual- how much does that grab your attention if someone's like, "You won't believe what happened at the at the mall. It was a tragic tragedy." <laughs> and then, and if you were like, "But let, I'll tell you about that after I tell you about this," you're like, "No, no, no, no. no. We got to fucking all right, talk we'll about this." We'll skip it. We, I, all tragedy. I wanted to say, all I wanted to say, was that we were we were basically talking about how, uh, like, good on you for trying new places, going to Denver and going to San Diego. Absolutely. But mm. and Matt, Matt is like sort of like the in between the two of us. We're like, I'll never leave New York. Matt left for a little bit and decided you know it's time to come home the heart is still here right um so we're really three all three ends of the spectrum here but we went to quality bistro for a wonderful uh birthday dinner for matt on saturday thank you mike and you're very welcome buddy as we were there we they sat us at this bench um there were the type of tables where like if you sit there uh you're sitting directly next to a couple so there's like like Matt and I were next right, to each other, and then right. there's a couple sitting next to us. Dude, we were there as a couple. Like, yeah, we were obviously we were there as a couple. <laughs> we were gonna kiss, you know, right. the whole thing. But we didn't so want. You we, got, it was just, and it was just the two of you. Just it was just the two of us. Yeah. And so there's people to your left and right having intimate romantic dinners, and you're like right next to them. So there was one couple having an intimate romantic dinner to the right of us, and to the left of us was one lonely man. Uh, who was by himself and the entire Damn, time- dude i mean listen there's really nothing wrong with eating by yourself at a restaurant no it's okay, honestly the wait, best way to try a new place wait till Let's you finish hear the, the story for, for once in your yeah, life okay. so uh so we're we're eating the whole time uh food keeps coming out we go through you know uh the appetizers we go through we get a steak we get uh you know we get a cup of coffee uh and as we order the coffee we're waiting for it to come out uh, this, this, throughout this entire meal, this guy is just eating by himself and Matt and I are trying to figure out if there is somebody coming. Obviously after the first 20 minutes or so of this guy sitting there, it was clear once, no one was coming. Once I heard him speak out loud, mm-hmm. I knew that nobody was coming. <laughs> nobody was coming. Yeah. So, so then- you... Oh, you're going to continue and let me know what was going on with him. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the story, Adam. <laughs> the, you know, the way that people tell stories. They talk, and then when the story is over, you they can talk. They build up <laughs> to that crescendo, Yeah, and then there's a release. Right. So uh, this entire time, uh, there were different members of the wait staff and the maitre d's coming over to sort of check in on this guy yeah it, like it seemed for a second like he was some sort of like a vip yes like you know he, what i mean yes to the untrained eye if you saw this at a distance in the amount of people that came over the sommelier the this waiter waiter number two waiter number seven the hostess everybody's coming over and interacting with this guy hmm. and you're just like wow this guy must be important little did we know when the coffee started coming out uh he uh, <laughs> The coffee comes out for us, and then a birthday candle, a cake with a candle on it, comes out for this guy, and he was eating birthday uh, his birthday dinner alone at Quality Bistro. And it, Matt and I both looked at each other, and we were just like, it, we are just crestfallen. It we was felt so bad for this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was one. It was. <laughs> What was so? What do you think his deal was? We don't know. We tried to figure it out. We tried to talk to him. His name was Robert. He was very sweet. Was he like 
Was he very old? No, he was, he was probably about. I I don't want to forty. Say he was really much older than us. Yeah, he was. Wow. To paint the picture, he was not in good shape. No, he was not. He had. I would assume he had this sort of handshake where. Well, no, actually, that's wrong because we did shake his hand. Pretty good and handshake. It, it actually wasn't that bad. Good handshake. You look yeah. at him and it, he looked like he had this sort of handshake that like, oh, that's that that's like the handshake where you, you got to go like shake it off afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to wash your yeah. hands. You just kind of feel a little bit disgusted. He looked like that type of person. He had this sort of voice that was like very high pitched, almost like cartoonish, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm. He had yep. he presented it, a jovial sort of front. Yeah. But you could tell when you looked into his eyes, there was a very Damn. deep sadness yeah, just within a, Robert. Mm. A, a tornado and, of absolute uh, torture. Yeah. Torture of, of humanity. He was a tortured tornado yeah. of humanity. Yeah. You would have loved it. Did anyone, did anyone sing happy birthday to him? No. We I thought didn't have about it in it. me. Yeah, we didn't. I thought that would be the – I thought he he may have unalived himself Yeah, if yeah. Uh, we would have done that. Not, I don't like. Uh, that's a very good job. Well, you got to say that, yeah. otherwise you get demonetized. We don't want to get demonetized. Yeah. That's right. Um, all right. So we, Matt, we're happy that you're. Well, I'm happy that you're here. Adam, so good to be here in San Diego. But um, <laughs> uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, it's the middle of August, dog days of summer, or well, the beginning of August rather. Mm-hmm. Um, sports. There's not a lot really happening. We're gear. We're ramping up. You There's can feel coming. the the anticipation is mounting. It's yes. palpable. The excitement for football season, both from a gambling perspective, a fantasy perspective, and I guess from an on the field perspective as yeah, well. Sure, they play also, the games. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, you feel I mean, it. we're definitely salivating for something new to start up at this point. Well, right, because today was the trade deadline. Six uh, as we're recording this, six o'clock p.m was the trade deadline. Um, this might be really towards the end of us starting the show, talking about the Mets and the Yankees, because I hope so. As it seems right now, uh, both teams are really, I know we've been saying it for a few weeks, but like the the Mets have officially quit. They've gone they've, off a cliff. It's, well, it's over. Yeah, they've, they've sold everybody. There is nobody left other than Lindor and, and Pete Alonso, and the Yankees really didn't do and anything. This, Mike, this is honestly the first time in a long time I've been disengaged with the Yankees and I have absolutely no interest in baseball at this point. Like, I can't imagine what it feels like to just never have a chance at winning anything going into every single season. Be a Mets fan. You'll figure you'll learn about that. That feeling. Yeah, I was going to say, Mikey, (laughs) would you be able to enlighten us? Yeah, well, this is actually we'll talk in in more detail about the actual moves that both of these teams made and and some of the the other moves that some of the other teams made that made them winners, I think. But the the other thing that I wanted to talk about as just as it regards to baseball is baseball in this day and age, uh, there really is no excuse for them to not dominate August. And they have a real problem with August because now that the trade deadline uh, is, is, you know, the first day of the month, um, you have one day or two days of real excitement where people are like, who's going to buy? Who's going to sell? Yeah. Who's like, which player is going to go where? Where is Justin Verlander going to go? You know, is Juan Soto going to get traded? And that's really exciting. That sort of encapsulates what the NBA does with the offseason. Yeah. Where all these guys are moving in all these places. It's kind of become like a bit of a soap opera. As we've talked about a million times on this show, sports are really about the drama and the storylines. There's no denying that at this point. 
But the problem is when you put the trade deadline, because the trade deadline used to be at the end of June. It used to be, I think it was June 25th or June 15th. It was that long ago? It was. A, it, it used to be at the very... That, it used to be that far back? Sort of like the beginning of the summer, basically. So you would know much sooner if... Adam just walked away. <laughs> we lost him. Maybe were, he's maybe he's coming here. Maybe he's going to join yeah, right. us. This this break, Adam Foster walking out uh, is brought to you by Hal's. Dude, New what York if I just walked into the, walked into that door right now? Thank you for ruining this flow that how, I had, Adam. How cool of a of a prank would that have been? Ruining the flow. Always. I gave you the one hand so I could walk away and you could continue your story without fucking. Mentioning the fact that I was about to walk away, I was looking at the camera. Being, I can't see being you. the unprofessional that you are. Wow, you decided to wow. go the route you went with. Anyway, what I was saying was now in August. Uh, so in in June and July, you still have a little bit of uh, residue from the NBA. Uh, I you have the, the NFL. That's draft. not the only thing I have residue from in July. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, in August, <laughs> I actually don't know what you're talking. They, about. <laughs> I'm two seconds from walking out of the studio. I'm I'm so close. <laughs> I guess oh I could God. run it by myself. <laughs> Seems simple enough now that it's all set up. Uh, baseball should be dominating August, and the issue is that now you have these these teams that are just out of it, and baseball lasts for another two months, and I think it's kind of crazy. That I yeah. go ahead, Adam. Uh, Matt, I think so. Maybe the MLB they can look at August as like a bonus month, right? Because there's teams that maybe are out of it, but are teams that people want to pay attention to, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Mets and soon to be the Yankees, right? There's big market teams that maybe they're having a down year. Maybe there's smaller market teams that are on the cusp of having a breakthrough. So, like, maybe some of these teams, you should allow them to, like, juice it up a little bit, right? Where it's like, what's what's that show, that, that thing on Jeopardy? Is it Jeopardy? Double Jeopardy? Yeah, where you can, like... <laughs> or Daily end, Double, you mean? At the end of the show, you write down, like, the amount oh, you're willing yes. to wager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get the question right, it's huge because yeah. it gets added onto your total. But if you lose, you get the question wrong, that would you be could fun. be wiped out. So it's like, all right, yeah, you, you know... A team is like uh, a huge underdog and they're going to bet on themselves. So like maybe the victory instead of just being worth one game is worth four. Yeah, well, because. But pa- then if they lose, then it, they're like, they're their even season's more over. They can't play another game. Right. You know, part could- of the issue with with the like the dead period of baseball where the teams are just sort of out of it is that the, the MLB draft does not have enough juice to sort of be exciting. It and never sexy. will. Ever, you right. know, there's baseball, nothing they could do about that. But baseball, baseball doesn't have enough talent overall throughout the league. Like the NBA has way more talent per team than baseball does. That's a fact. Well, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, you Star only have five power guys and talent, right? Yeah, for sure. But that's just a, that's a numbers game primarily. I mean, the NFL is the same way. The NFL doesn't have more stars than the NF than the MB, uh, MLB. But that's part of why it's just not as interesting. These guys aren't hitting the ball enough. We're not seeing enough high scoring games and home runs. But also if your team is out of it in the NFL, if your team has two wins, you can root for them to lose because you want them to get a high draft. Yeah, you want them right. And you can't do that in baseball. Tanking in baseball Well I mean at that point, like if you're rooting for your team to lose week in and week out, how life sucks. You know, how fun is that? 
That sucks. Well, it's I mean, if you're a Spurs fan this year and you knew your team had a chance to get the number one pick and get Wembenyama, like that's something. Yeah, something. your team sucks, mm-hmm. but like still, it's like the, now all of a sudden, like the the probability that the Spurs are going to be pretty good this year because they have this Wembenyama kid are pretty high. Right. They're not going to be the worst team in the league again. And that's you the know? thing, though. In, in basketball right. is also the only sport like that where one singular player can, yeah. can really swing the fortunes of a franchise. Right. It can happen in football with a quarterback, but even that's more rare. Right. Because if the offensive line sucks, the coach's system isn't good. Receivers it's are like, bad. Yeah. Yeah. In the NBA, it's like a star player needs so much less yeah. to succeed yep. and change the direction of a franchise in the NBA. Yep. Thousand. What about this? Yeah. Maybe baseball teams should be smaller. Oh, I don't know about that, Adam. Cut out a ton of positions. Cut out a bunch of pitchers. The pitchers, they've got to be workhorses in order to be successful in that league. Maybe only in in August, Maybe only in August. I think we got to stick with it. Don't change the entire game from the ground up. Let's just focus on this dead month of August. Yeah. Right? So I I had a proposal earlier that was maybe a little confusing. So we'll scratch that one. (laughs) We're going to edit that out. (laughs) Okay. This is what I propose for August. Yeah. No strikeouts. No strikeouts like uh you you, you don't strike out. You can't strike out. <laughs> that would change the trade deadline for sure, I think. Well, no no no, after the trade deadline no, August I know, but, starts. But so if, oh, there, if the there's moves no strikeouts, yeah, moves people would make. Yeah, yeah. You would definitely Even better than more yeah. action at the trade right. deadline, more home runs. Yeah. You know, the guys' pitch counts are going to be 82 <laughs> in the second inning. Yeah. Pitch counts are going to be like my guys yeah. when I played you the other day in the show. Yeah, right, right. Really really get the, the bullpen working and yeah. lettered up. We're going to start a Twitch, by the way. It's just going to be me playing Mike in the show. And the drama <laughs> of will Matt get shut out again <laughs> for the 42nd <laughs> straight week. You keep getting shut out? I lost 20 to zero. It was, it, you know, Matt was learning. 20 to zero? 20 yeah. to zero. But I kept trying. I didn't go down with the mercy rule. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's something that I was thinking about a lot today with with, with baseball in general, watching these moves. Because, Adam, we were talking before we started doing this. The Mets and the Yankees are both out. And I really can't remember even a – not even a year in particular, but a period of time in the history of New York baseball where both both teams were just kind of done this early into the season. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the 60s, you had the beginning of the 60s where the Mets came into fruition and they were bad. I wasn't and around for that. Of course. But the Yankees kicked ass. Like the, you know, make the, the first half of the 60s, the Yankees were great. It's a good decade. Right. Then in the 70s, the Yankees are good again and the Mets are bad. Then in the 80s, you have the, the Mets run and the Yankees are kind of whatever. Yankees dominate the 90s. And then the Yankees since that, since 94, basically, have been at least relevant. There's a chance they finish in last place this year, and incredible, right? It's kind of insane they had to think hopes, about both the teams' hopes of any team. Well, There's not I don't know that they were higher than the Mets. The Mets were the Mets won 100 and something games Dude, last year. Only you yeah. had higher hopes. No, that's <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That's bullshit. They added Verlander. This was that was like an all-in move. 
I think that the the Mets were the most bet team to win the uh, World Series this year before the season started. Interesting. So it's not like it was crazy that that they were a favorite to win the World Series, and now that they are very yeah. Who made those Who made those bets? Is what Do I you think? Know. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I, that's probably uh, a large part of that is because like a lot of city workers during the pandemic, <laughs> right. they probably lost a lot of money on crypto. Yeah, and they're trying this, to get it back now with the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> you got to take a look at your data there mike you it might be a little a little tainted well i'm just going with the facts the facts jack and i do know they were the most bet team but you think the yankees expectations were higher than the mets this year adam i guess i had higher expectations i feel like there's more attention on the yankees than there is on the mets there's a built-in bias yeah you know well and every year it's kind of it's like there is that mentality if you're a Yankees fan of World Series or bust. Okay, Adam, here's here's something I want to ask you, though. Is it time to change World Series or bust as as a a uh, a motto? For I mean, Yankees? what's the pro- what's it matter? If I change it, we lose. If I don't change it, we lose. So. All right, but so let's, less, go, let's go into next year then, Adam. Less disappointment. Less disappointment. Let's go into next year. Okay. Uh, right now, you know that Hank Steinbrenner and you know Cashman and Boone come back because let's assume uh, Matt, we were talking, talking about, about a this. tragedy. He, they're probably coming back. They got yeah. extended. Um, right, uh, they're coming back. And all, all right. hope is out is out the window at this point. I just get a text. I mean, dude, it was like it was it was so bad today when it was just like, dude, when it all I, happened, here's what I when it all became so clear. Right, I just like I'm getting so many Cashman fucking sucks. I just got the text at six oh eight from my friend, <laughs> and it's just like I'm on the I'm on. I see that text. I'm on the train. I realize that like okay, it's official now. Yankees aren't doing shit. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the train with my sister and her fiance. We're going for my my third birthday dinner of the week. <laughs> Everything is going good in life. I'm feeling great. And then I see the Yankees do nothing. I just say out loud on the train, I'm like, the Yankees didn't do fucking anything. (laughs) And there's a family in front of me. There's like a little girl on the train. And she's just like, she like looks up because I don't know. She probably got scared. It's the train when somebody yells, anything could happen. Right. I'm I'm like, I apologize to her mom. And they don't really speak English. They're like from Europe or something. And the girls just starts asking her mom. She's like, "What, what, what happened? What did he say? And I'm just like, well... So what happened is the Yankees used to be this really good team in New York. We were all really proud of them. <laughs> but now they're kind of just eh. So so are you guys can you not be fans of a team that is eh? Well, I mean, are you I, gonna I, give up? I've rooted for Dude, it's just like you I mean, you just lose interest. Yeah, it's it's not like you guys aren't because Adam, you're not a baseball fan. Here's here's what I feel you're a I fan, you're like a fan today. of the Yankees' success and not a fan of baseball. That's that's this the issue is, here. Whatever, man. Stop trying to like frame it in some kind of weird ass way. It's like <laughs> I like the Yankees. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, dude. This is what I. This is how I feel about the Yankees on the on the trade deadline. I feel like the rich kid in school who goes to to the lunch table and all the kids take out what they got, and they've got lunchables, top tier snacks like Cheez Its, like some kind of sugary top sports drink, snacks. and I pull out. A bologna sandwich, dry, not even any mayo on it, the bread stale, and a miniature bottle of water. And it's clearly one of those bottles of water that someone got for free because it just has a doctor's office as a label on it. That's what I felt like today as a Yankees fan. Yeah. Utter disappointment. I mean, I am. Utter disappointment. We were talking about this in the group chat, though, yesterday, Adam. Like, part of the issue was what were they going to 
what were what moves did you did you want to see get made? Because they didn't have a lot to sell. Glaber was their big piece that they, you know, reports were that the Marlins really wanted him. They didn't end up moving him. Uh, who else could what they would have moved? anyone want out of Glaber Torres? What did you say that again? What would any team want out of him? The Marlins wanted him to to. Why would the Marlins want him? They were going to build around him. No, it's just an extra bat because they're making a push for the playoffs. The Marlins. Need oh, the Marlins are actually decent this year. Oh my god. Yes, the Marlins. The you Marlins said he are... wasn't a baseball fan, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you didn't know that the Marlins were whatever decent. Honestly, Mike, I stopped paying attention when the Yankees fell apart. Like, and and when the Yankees are in it, I'm engaged in the whole season. Mm-hmm. But once they lose, and like once it's like looking hopeless, then I started to lose interest in the entire game. Do you do that with football though? If the if the Eagles are bad, I don't. I don't. I don't because I could watch a football game and not like even be rooting for a team and still be entertained. Mm-hmm. Football has the it's just so much easier to pay attention to because it's really only two days a week, even though they have the dumb Thursday games. It's right. so much going on at once, and you know, I don't know. I just know more players in the NFL because of obviously like fantasy as well, and it's just like. Yeah, even if your team and I mean the Giants haven't been good for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was younger, I used to like the Carolina Panthers. You remember we were talking about like the uniforms yeah, and they, shit. They you did like, have very root, cool root for a the team Jake Delone Panthers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like they sucked for a while, but yeah. like it didn't matter because I don't know. There's always something. There's always an exciting storyline in the NFL. Right. There's always like an right. asshole player. There's a quarterback. Like, is he going to be good? There's a guy at the end of his career. Like, yeah. can he still do it? Whereas, I don't know. In baseball, it's like, yeah, if the Yankees aren't good, like, I don't know. There was those years where the Yankees weren't really that good, but the Met, you know, the Mets made the run that one year. I remember it was 2015. Like, yeah, yeah, when we we had first become friends, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And like I was interested in that, but I didn't truly care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, so I but Adam, for real, I do want to know what did you want them to do. I'm not like patronizing you. What did you What uh, did you no, think I mean, was going to happen? That is a good question. I mean, listen, good big names moved. Verlander moved. Um, what's Scherzer moved? There yeah. are some decent bats that moved, right? Uh, I mean, they couldn't, they really didn't need a reliever. So that's, and that's what they got. Right. They got, they got, re- they got a reliever. <laughs> and that we were saying last night, it seemed like the only pieces that they could have actually moved that, that other than Glaber that people would have had any interest in were relievers. But who knows? Like, you know, it's, it's hard to say because we only know who moved. We didn't know what talks were going on that, but you know, who's deals be av- that were happening that didn't materialize. But Adam, you know, the type of players that are going to be available, you know, which teams are going to sell. So there was a lot of chatter about them possibly being in on Bellinger, but then the Cubs decided that they didn't want to sell. So Bellinger stayed with Chicago. So like that might have been a bat that the Yankees could have used, a left-handed bat. You, pr- I guess you could have played him in left because they, they still don't have a left fielder. Um, so that could have been an option, but then he wasn't on the market. So they're, you know, that's a bad. I mean, you can't, but you can't make the argument. It's like it's not my job to pick what the trade they should have done is. You know, as a fan, yes, it is. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's hard to say because I don't there's there was only two pitchers that move that I'm like, OK, if the Yankees got these guys, it would make a big impact. And it would have Scherzer and Verlander. But like, so I mean, you, they were available. Do you so think maybe, you maybe think sure, I just had it, uh, Scherzer and Verlander were both just on my team? I'm telling you, right. If you would have gotten either of them, you would have wasted your picks. I, I'm, I'm telling you, whatever you would have traded for them, Verlander will do all right. I think in in Houston because it's his, his arm. Scherzer's arm is done. His de- His arm is dead. They're they're gonna try to. I mean, it's ironic that him and Degrom are together again on a team a year later, uh, just in Texas. Yeah, it's pretty but funny. Scherzer's finished. This is like the Rangers literally putting their chips all in and saying "fuck it," like we're giving it a shot. We're we're this close. We think we can win. Um, but I don't think that the like for for you're the really Yankees, taking a hard stance on Scherzer here. Yeah. Oh, I I, I don't even know if I agree with you. I mean, his numbers I'm happy aren't to see him even go. that bad. He's what? Yeah, nine, they are nine and four. He, I don't think he was. ERA, it's not good by any stretch, and I wouldn't be happy with it's it. It's not forty it's, million good. It's certainly not yeah. terrible. But Adam, would Scherzer or Verlander have made the Yankees better? You guys need bats. Yes. I it's, mean, it's your like, lineup's not any, hitting. They'll make any team better. Verlander and Scherzer make any team better that they go. Yeah, on. it's they make not any rotation better for sure. It's it's and that's pretty like much. the point. That's the point. I mean, the Yankees made no moves. They couldn't find one way to improve. Like maybe the move wasn't these wasn't a massive move, but they I think they got a couple like they made a couple moves last minute that were reported on. And what kind of you know, what's the play there? They're failing currently. What it and they really, made no changes. It really comes down to the fact that like so Mike, your question being, what did you expect? Valid question. I don't know, Adam, if there's anything we really can pinpoint like, oh, this is what I wanted to happen. But it's more the principle of they didn't do anything. No, I get it. Guys, I get it. And by by not doing anything. I don't think you do. No, I totally do. But I think I think you guys, <laughs> not as much Matt, but definitely Adam, is looking at this through the lens of like Yankee fan. And in the in the past, Yankee fans have always had this philosophy that the rest of the league like wants to help them. That the rest of the league is like, yeah, they should, they should trade us Shohei Otani for like, yeah, because you know, back <laughs> in the day, everybody works for the king. Right. In feudal right. society, all the peasants farm and they kick up bushels of hay and yeah. wheat to the king. The Yankees, I guess they're not the king anymore. Well, and part of it was that the Yankees forever were the team that could like eat the most money. If yeah. you guys needed, if, if a team needed to dump a big contract, they could do it. With the Yankees. But yep. now there's a lot of teams that, that are willing to take on. I mean, fucking Steve Cohen just sent those sent Scherzer and Verlander uh, to different teams. And he's going to pick up like half a third their money, of their right? salaries. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, talk about a fucking Hal race. Steinbrenner is just too poor to succeed. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's he is not as rich and uh, and sexy as, as Uncle Stevie. I don't think it's Cohen's fault that the Mets made the moves that they made. But I think that the Yankee fans kind of look at. The way that the Yankees like the Yankees just for the first time that I can really remember, I don't I understand that the Yankees not making moves is really frustrating, but I don't think they had moves to make. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Who are you going to trade? Are you going to trade like you're going to get very little back for any of these guys. So trade Rizzo if you want. He's not hitting home runs anymore. He looks washed. Like, what, what are you, you going to get, get back for Rizzo? For you know, not much. You can't trade Stanton. He's got a no trade clause. 
and he's he's also kind of like he's kind of untradeable even if yeah. that wasn't there. Getting hurt all the who, time. Right, like who wants to take a chance on him? Right. So it's like the 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 pieces that you guys had that were of interest were bullpen arms and obviously teams always need bullpen arms. So they could have traded some of those guys to to maybe get some young players. Uh you have Judge, Judge they're not going to trade Judge and they have Cole, they're not going to trade Cole. So it's like Right. But that's that's you're you're talking about what they could have done to improve. The problem is they didn't even do the opposite. Like they're kind of in this spot where they they've gotten nothing from this whole trade deadline where they could have gotten rid of people and this, try to move people that But Adam, this is the have point. gotten some value for the team. But who they the, they don't have guys of the part of the problem is that I mean maybe IKF he's like a utility player. I just don't know who is sexy on this team that a that IKF a, is not sexy. No, I mean, I didn't think so either, yeah. but I like mean, not like, as a player or just as a guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just how nice. I've been looking at this, Adam, It's just sort of like who and I kind of felt this way about the Mets, too. I was I was surprised that they were able to move some of the players that they were able to move. I just like that the Mets blew it up so quickly. Yeah, it's I, like I they went do. all in on winning. Right. It became very clear fairly early. It yep. wasn't going to happen. Yep. So, like, I mean, obviously, Cohen isn't making the trades. But, you know, like, his maniacal energy yeah. is the driving force for everything. Yeah. So, like, imagine, like, another year, like, like uh, you know, let they they make a, a couple big signings during the offseason, a couple big trades. They overpay for some more players. It doesn't work. Halfway through next season, yeah. they're trading away two guys that make fifty million a year. Yeah. And Cohen's like, I'll pay forty million of the salary. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck. And then like just Steve, take him. Him. just take them. Steve Cohen starts writing off Mets contracts yeah. as losses. Yeah. And uh, you know, five years go by and he's just beside himself. He's yeah. lost everything. Yeah. I, it could happen. I mean, the Mets could easily be the money pit that ruins Steve Cohen. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. That would be a great it, it story. Took down a couple of millionaires. That'd be a hell of a fucking yeah. PBS documentary. Thirty for thirty. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so real quick on the Mets, they traded uh, Justin Verlander to the Astros. They traded Max Scherzer to the Rangers. Mark Canna to the Brewers. Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks. And uh, fucking Billy Epler traded David Robinson in the division to the Marlins, who are uh, in the thick of a of a playoff run here. Uh, don't love that move. They got a, a couple of prospects back. I mean, they blew it up to try to get some young guys, but um, the only one of interest to me that came out of this deal is uh, Acuna's brother that they got yeah. for Scherzer. But again, he traded for a bunch of in. We have four shortstops in the minor leagues now, and we have Lindor signed for another decade. I mean, some of those guys will definitely get moved at some point. You have to. Gonna, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know obviously. how you don't. But it's just weird that Billy Epler is the guy that's making these moves because, you know, unlike uh, Cashman, I do think Epler's at the end of his rope with the Mets. I don't know how you can justify it. The fan base would revolt if they brought back Billy Epler, at least in a, in a role where he's making all of the main decisions. So if they're going to bring if they're going to bring on a president of baseball operations, whether it's a David Stearns or a Theo Epstein or something like that. Then I think that that's sort of the cover that Steve or my Cohen son. needs. Yeah. <laughs> or my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> but other than that, man, I mean, it's nice to see that the Mets at least leaned into doing the, a full blow up. Because um, that is the one bad thing about the Yankees. And I feel bad for you guys in that one respect. Uh, 
you're never really going to go through a, a real rebuild because of fans like Adam, who are just. Gonna what do you not, mean? You're not. Why would not, I want to go through a full rebuild? Why would you? See, that's the problem with you, Mikey. Is you you think you have to endure some kind of pain throughout life in order to live it? See, I'm trying to live the cushy life where everything good happens all the time. Yeah, of of course, aren't we all? Life's just yeah. not like that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a shame because as a Mets fan, you're set up with this expectation that life needs to be mostly trying to overcome failures all the time, failing constantly every day. Dale, you know, every day of your life, your family, your mom fails, your dad fails, everyone's failing all the time. They don't. My mom and dad. But actually, fail. like you could, there's <laughs> another okay. way of living where everything is pretty good. I listen. I. I you guys have been on a great run for a really long time. You were in the ALCS last year. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to tear it down and and rebuild. There's just no way around it. But because because of the New York Yankee fan base, that will never be allowed. Because the the minute the Yankees have a season where they win like 70 games in an effort to get some draft picks and do something uh, that helps sort of the future of the team, you guys don't have a lot in the in the farm system right now. To be honest, Jason Dominguez is looking like a big bust. Uh, so I don't you guys need to do this. And if you're going to fire if they're going to fire Cashman, it's going they're at some point they're going to have to do a rebuild. Am I wrong about that? We're not experts well, here. Well, as long as like, you have judge, as long as you have judge, you could continue to like replace pieces if you do it right. But they made so many bad moves over the last few years that there's just so much shit they're stuck with. There's a lot of money tied up in bad contracts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. All right. Well, I think I've I've uh... I hate Cashman. <laughs> and also, I don't feel bad saying it. You know, okay. like for a lot of my Talk life, when you know, when you're a younger sports fan, you're super emotional and you get mad at these players and you get you hate this guy. This guy sucks. This guy's a piece of shit. Whatever. It's immature. And you look at it and you're like, these people are human beings. They're probably doing their best. They're trying to feed their family. Let me back it up a little bit. It's not how I feel about Cashman. Cashman, at this point, I feel is almost he's like an enemy of this state. You know what I mean? Like the New York Yankees are an institution in this city, really in the country. They're America's team. And this is the guy that is causing all of this negativity. You know how much better right. our lives would be if Cashman was gone? And not just our lives. I'm not it's just talking about us It's time for a recall three. election. You know? Yeah. Like, why can't... I mean, I know it's obviously the, the fans don't own the team technically. But, but we could if we if we did a little bit of you-know-what. Yeah, like, how come there's no riot? Oh, wait, what is you-know-what? To... I mean, I'm not going to say it on air, Mikey, but there's a couple steps we could take to <laughs> procure this team, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we need a January 6th Cashman's office. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Yeah, I would endorse that. I wouldn't. So when it happens, me neither, I have nothing me neither, to do but with it. That's good that you do, Mikey. So <laughs> I don't want to be helped. It was the Mets fan. He did it. <laughs> Uh, all right, we've been, we've been. I think we've beaten this horse as well as yeah, much I see as we that, can. Yeah, that topic yeah, I mean, is uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> limping back to the. Where do they keep horses? 
uh, in the stable. Corral? <laughs> the stable? Stable? The What's a corral? They don't keep horses in a corral? Uh, I think that, that's a Wait, horse we, thing, Wait, we too. beat this dead horse so bad that it's limping back. <laughs> it's actually now slightly alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real, we're going to do a quick segment before we take a break here. Um, Matt and I went on uh, Saturday night when we were hanging out for your birthday. Oh, yeah. We went to a bar in oh, yeah. Times Square that had the UFC fights on. Um, we went upstairs and we paid our cover and we did our thing. And uh, about a minute and a half into the co-headlining event, the co-main yeah, event. Co-main event of the UFC. Yes. Uh, the, it was a grapple fest. And all of a sudden. Kind of boring. The crowd behind us started going crazy. Like, oh! Yeah. And we were trying to figure out why they were going crazy. Because like, is our, thing, our, is our thing on a delay? Yeah. Somebody just get knocked out? We couldn't figure it out. And then we turned around and we forgot there was a welterweight uh, or a light, was it light Welter, heavy? Welter, I believe it was welterweight world championship There fight was a welterweight world championship between fight Between Terrence Crawford us. and Errol Spence. How could we forget? The pound for pound best boxer in the world, yep. Terrence Crawford. And one of his more challenging opponents to date, the also undefeated Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. Uh, and we forgot. We're like, we were, oh, shit. We that's tonight. Literally, we're in a bar surrounded by TVs watching the UFC. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever that that competi- the fight was. Yeah. And uh, that's so not good for boxing. It's it's So, in, it's, it's the lineal, undisputed, like we said, welterweight championship of the world in yeah. boxing. Crawford versus Spence. Crawford, a brutal knockout artist. Spence, also a very good boxer. For the real world championship of the division. Yeah. And then in the UFC, it's Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier for the BMF title. A made-up belt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A made-up title. that really doesn't symbolize anything. Yep. And boxing was just kind of like MIA from our minds. They literally made up a title to sell an event. Yeah. And they succeeded. Yep. And boxing. But listen, I think you guys have solved, have answered the question already with what you just said. Make up a belt. How he fix boxing. You th- What's the least interesting part of UFC? It's the grappling on the ground. Yeah. And what's wrong with boxing? It's too, it's, it's too simple. It's just punching. So what if you have boxing be punching, kicking, and takedowns, but once they get on the ground, they got to get up. <laughs> and they got to stand up and fight. What's again. the point of a take and kick down? and punch? Yeah, and what a grapple. So the that's only right. thing they what can't is the point do, of a takedown? <laughs> do you get a you point? Get a point. You get a point. Okay. You get a credit for a takedown. Okay. All right. But I don't want to see them wriggle around like fucking worms <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> wriggle around. I mean, it's, it's true. I, we were saying at the bar that the Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighting is some of the most boring things that you can yeah, watch. Yeah, when somebody starts talking about, like, jiu-jitsu yeah. and, like, oh, he's trying to pass half guard to full guard to behind guard to foot guard right. to yeah. whatever. I'm like, bro. He's got an R bar. You're a fucking dork. Yeah. Okay? I do like watching submissions. He's got his hooks in. Like, it can be, <laughs> it can be ex- like, a choke is exciting. When a guy's got yeah. a choke on, you're like, oh, fuck, is he going to choke him? I don't know. That shit can be exciting for sure, but yeah, right. But there's so much in the in the between of when that choke's happening and getting to that choke. You're, it's just a lot of yeah, kind of like what's actually going on. I really have no real idea because a lot. Yeah, what it comes down to is when when what you're seeing when there's no threat present when it doesn't seem like there's a visual threat present in what you're watching in combat sports. It's fucking boring. 
Yeah. And so boxing has a lot of that with the clinching. Yeah. Guys are clinching constantly. And then, as we've said before, the biggest problem with boxing is there's a million different fucking promoters. That's yeah. There's a million different belts. You can never tell who's the real champ. But this spot, Spence versus Crawford, this was like, all right, whoever wins is the real champ. Yeah. There's no disputing who's the real champ in this weight class. Is it just, is it, is part of it because the heavyweight division just hasn't been. It's been pretty decent recently, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Fury, boxing Joshua. also. It's it's kind of an outdated sport. A little like, bit, yeah. The UFC is really an iteration on boxing, adding it's the, the shit that you would want to see. Besides, people just technically right. being the best puncher. Like, why the fuck? Right. At this at, after this point, boxing is like fucking fencing. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's. It's so boring. Like, you need boring. to have somebody like a, like a real right. knockout puncher, vicious. Like there's just yeah. there's not enough action. Right. You need to have somebody like who's who's the last. I mean, obviously Mayweather was a huge draw, but you look back at a lot of his fights. He's fucking boring. He's was, so boring. Right. He was, he was, it was the worst so much. To watch. It was so Ugh. much hype. It was yeah. a gimmick. It was his persona. Good for him. Yeah. But it's like Tyson. That sort of vicious, like you're you're gonna watch somebody get fucked up. Yeah. That's how you feel about so many UFC fighters. So many UFC fighters, you're just like, oh, this guy fucks people up. Yeah. Pereira fucks people up. Khabib fucks people up. Gaethje fucks. The list is so long Derek in the Lewis. UFC of like, oh, this guy's a killer. Yeah. Whereas in boxing, it's like, ah, uh, he's the champ in his subdivision. I think. right. No one cares about who's third best yeah. in any of the divisions. Right. So is there just no – there's no looking back at this point? We think that as consumers, it's just kind of like – It's going to die it's out. It's not violent enough. It's, it's I think you're, it's, it's a niche sport. You know, I think yeah. you're, you're always going to have like a boxer who's like the top guy who's pretty good on pay-per-view. But in America, I think it's like a niche thing at this right. point. Yeah, because I guess there are – It's like being the best at skipping rocks. I don't know if it's that bad. Yeah, wait. What, I don't, what do you mean? <laughs> it's, getting, it's, it's getting to that point. Like just they're in, irrelevant. It's irrelevant and it's pointless. Like you're the best at standing up and punching. Like when when is that situation interesting? When there's another sport where they could also kick, grab you, like do other shit that happens in a fight. I want to see two people fight. Like yeah, because that's the why, thing. Watching right when you're watching boxing, you're like, this isn't really a fight. So is there right. a, a day that's coming where just you like have, fencing? Fencing has is just a fake sword. Fight. It's not really. Sword there's too fighting. many rules. Yeah. Is there a day coming where the UFC adds, you know, barbed wire and glass bottles, and then we look back at the regular UFC fighting and say it was boring? <laughs> I hope say so. it just wasn't violent. Have you guys enough? ever watched deathmatch wrestling? No. Yeah, that's. But the, tell me about it, Matt. Well, it's like I mean, it, it's basically a bunch of drug addicts who, uh, you know, they wrap weapons in barbed wire and they hit each other with light tubes, okay, and panes of glass, and right. forks and shit like this. And it's like, it's, you know, obviously it's predetermined like any pro wrestling. Yeah. But it's like real violence and it's fucking horrible. Yeah. I've, I went to a, <laughs> an event one time in person. It's like 10 mm. years ago. And I actually watched it back on YouTube recently. Yeah. And it was like, I can't believe I saw that live. Yeah. And I can't believe that's legal. Yeah. There was a guy that had, they, the, this guy, it was a guy, I remember it vividly. There was a guy named Jun Kasai. Was it went against Masada, 
And if you look this up on YouTube, <laughs> I love wrestlers with one it's name. It's horrific. <laughs> Masada took a thing of wooden skewers yeah. and he put it on Jun Kasai's head and then he just punched it. And then after it was done, <laughs> yeah. John Kasai had these skewers just sticking, these wooden skewers in his <laughs> head, just sticking out. And the crowd is going nuts. Yeah. And I remember my friend Mike and I, we just looked at each other. We were like, what the fuck are yeah. we watching? Yeah. Dude, so, and those guys probably got paid nothing. Dude, no, very little money. Yeah. There's like a couple hundred people at the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah, well, but I there are times I feel that way about UFC where I watch it. We watched the um, yeah the Masvidal Ben Ben Askren. Ben, oh fight. yeah, you were. I remember you were horrified. I, I was. Yeah. I was horrified. And, I thought I thought I saw a man die. In, in the your ring. defense, Ben Askren did look dead. He looked dead. He looked. His body went limp. Yes. He yeah. He just was like yeah. So yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm amazed that nobody has died in a UFC uh, in the octagon yet. I think people have died in MMA, yeah, most but not, likely, but not, not under Dana White's watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? If if they did, we we don't know about it, right? Like it's like Disney World, people yeah. die, but they don't ever get declared dead in Disney World, right? Yeah, they just uh, drop them in the Everglades somewhere, and that's that. Yeah. So we don't have an answer. So the point is, boxing is just done. Move on. UFC exists, so yeah. there's no. But point. you know what's Hold also you, you know what's it, also bro. crazy is a lot of UFC fighters to get their biggest payday do like a crossover we'll box. boxing yeah, thing. That's right. So it's like yeah, boxing's done except for that one or two superstars. Yeah, and well, Ngannou is about to fight. I think. Yeah, Ngannou's going to fight Tyson Fury. Yes, that's right for his biggest payday. Wild, strange. All right, well. There it is, folks. Boxing's dead. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're alive and well here in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking our first fantasy football segment uh, going into football season. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. And we are back in the sports group. Thank you for sticking with us. Fantasy football right around the corner. Football season only a couple weeks away. Yeah, preseason starts what uh, within this week, the next week. Yeah, because you have the Hall of Fame game, mm-hmm. the Jets and the Browns. Yeah, uh, a thing that they don't need to do, but they're going to do it anyway. Uh, a game that doesn't count, uh, that seems to count. Star injuries are already happening. Yeah, right. Yep. Joe Burrow has Joe Burrow. half. Yeah. yeah, not good. Not good. So. Uh, Before you pick your fantasy team, uh, there's some things that you should think about this year. Primarily, uh, with all the running back talk, uh, this contract situation for all these guys, I ask you, both of you, the question, is the running back dead in fantasy football? Mm. Uh, I found a few uh, lists that actually go to show you that there's a possibility. In the top 20... Uh, on the NFL fantasy, their list of point getters from last season. Okay. The only running backs in the top 20 are Austin Eckler at number four, Christian McCafferty at number six, Josh Jacobs at number 10, who, as far as we know, is not playing this year as of right now. No contract with the Raiders still. Uh, then you have Derrick Henry at 14. And that's it. All right, so that's four in the top twenty. And you top know, twenty, and according to what? That's scoring? the that's yeah in scoring, and that's the NFL's fantasy list. Like but that official, includes like Pat. Does that include QBs? 
Oh yeah, that's a, the rest are the rest of the big scores but are QBs. That's that's not fair. I don't think that's a fair comparison. It's difficult, right? Because quarterbacks do score more because it's particularly now with running court. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I think, had 15 rushing touchdowns, something like that, right? The right. Regular 13. season last 13 in the regular season. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he had more in the in the postseason. Obviously, that doesn't count for fantasy. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's difficult because quarterbacks are always going to outscore pretty much every position overall, right? In total points on, um, I don't know. But wasn't the strategy always like you, that you don't take a quarterback in the first round? And well, here's, okay, still well, I want to answer your question, Mike, because is. this is, this is about the strategy, but in my opinion, Running back is still in the most important position because there's a shallow talent pool of running backs in the NFL. So the difference between that and other positions is that it falls off really quickly for running backs compared to like, you know, QBs. You could still draft someone who's even in the top 10 and his distance from from like someone who's in the top three or four is usually not going to be as bad than the reverse situation for a running back. But all the names that I just listed are also uh, not Jacobs uh, and uh, Eckler is pretty healthy and reliable, but a lot of these other guys. Right. And, And I think that's that's the other piece every single year that sucks about running back is like having the top. There's going to be some elite running backs every year, but picking out who that's going to be can be a crapshoot a lot of the time mm-hmm. because you have no idea who's going to get injured. And then all of a sudden some guy steps up and he's just a superstar and he kind of somehow somewhat came out of nowhere. Yeah. Or oh, you could yeah. have the guy who's the number one pick be a fucking complete bust like Jonathan Taylor, last which year. happens all the time. It seems like sure. remember that year that, uh, uh, who's the guy on the Cardinals, David, um, David Johnson, David Johnson came just, out of nowhere that one year and then was a fucking bust. Had, yeah. Him. He had like one and a half really good years. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened a couple of years ago with McCaffrey getting hurt, yep. you know, being out almost the whole season. You do see uh, a lot, a lot of these fantasy podcasts and cheat sheets and whatever. There's like the no running back strategy, right? Where you just draw, uh, you just draft, wide receivers and quarterback and tight end through like the first six rounds. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, yeah, the thing is also the difference between a number one wide receiver, like Justin Jefferson Mm -hmm. versus a number one running back right now is probably going to be pretty significant because first off a number one wide receiver like Jefferson, you know, he's going to get 140, 150 targets. Yeah. Whereas number one running back like McCaffrey, the Niners' goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Which means he's got to be healthy for the playoffs. What is the Vikings' goal? I don't know. <laughs> Are they going to be point. able to win a Super Bowl? If Justin Jefferson <laughs> doesn't have 130 catches, they can't do anything. Right. So Right. And that's that's something that I, that's a lot of people don't think about going into fantasy. And when I say a lot of people, I'm referring to myself. <laughs> uh, it's like how these players are going to play towards the end of the season based off how their team is doing. Yeah. You know? And I mean, most players do show up a lot of the time, I would say. 
Like they don't just give it, throw in the towel. No, I don't think it's about throwing in the towel, but I just think it's, I think that the way that the league is sort of going where not only is it like becoming, has become a, a pass first league, uh, it's a quarterback's league. I mean, it always has been to some degree, but now they're the quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts is the perfect example. Like Matt said, he's, he's out rushing the running backs. Uh, yeah. The touchdowns. Eagles were like, oh, Miles Sanders had great numbers last year. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll let him go. Yeah. We're not going to pay him. And then who do they bring in? Right. Because it's you're you honestly, you have a better chance of success just hiking the ball and giving Jalen Hurts the option if he wants to run. Totally. He's he the had most 760 effective. rushing yards last year. Yeah. On how many touches? On uh, It doesn't say, but okay. I just have his yards in front of me. It's 760. It, do you Josh see his Allen, yards per carry? Uh, I don't have that either. But because these are just the baseline right. fantasy stats here that from NFL.com. But and then, I mean, Josh Allen, 762 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I mean, they, they these guys almost outrushed Austin Eckler. Eckler also had Eck- a lot of receiving yards, too. But yes, he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen are like they're not only are they the quarterback, they're also like the goal line back. Right. Essentially. So you know I mean, Jalen Hurts is squatting 600 pounds. Right. For Christ's sake. So, you know, he's fucking pushing his way through the pile to get those extra. He's getting those touchdowns. The running back's not going to be getting them. So 100 percent. So the question now becomes, though, I think my my the thing that like put me in this mindset is if the NFL changes and the way the style of the NFL play changes, why wouldn't fantasy change with it? I mean, is there a day that's going to come where we're, there just aren't even going to be two running back slots in fantasy? Because at a certain hmm. point, when you have these guys that are just their uh, the running back position is going to be devalued so much, why should there be so much of an emphasis on, on on a running back in fantasy football? I mean, at what point does that change? I don't know that the whole league is going to change that quickly. Because at the end of the day, like, there's only one Chiefs, right? The Chiefs can, yeah. can win with a uh, a who's who right. of running backs. Right, right, right. Right? No other team has really been able to do that yet. Like, a lot of these other teams that have a great quarterback, great receiver, good defense, um, haven't done it. Like, the Bills, for instance, right? They have no running backs last couple of years and they've crapped out in the playoffs. So I don't know that the whole league is really truly going to get away from that yet. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, you can just draft guys like Pacheco right in like the 10th round in a fantasy draft and still have a good chance to win. Right, which is exactly what the NFL draft is like. Yeah, I mean, it, you basically yeah. it's not about having I mean, I I think it's awesome that there is a guy like Derrick Henry still in the league like a real power runner. Yeah. But I don't think the rest of the league thinks that. I mean, I'm sure they think it's cool that he exists, but they're not going to pay him. Right. Know? And the tit- so, and the Titans are also proof of that concept not working yeah. in terms of like actually winning. Right. Like Derrick Henry's put up monster numbers year in and year out. He's trailed off a little bit last year because of injuries finally. But like the Titans, what? They got to the AFC championship game like three years ago. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. And they built their team around this power running style. Average quarterback, average receivers, tough defense. And they haven't won anything. Right. So. So who's the first pick this year? What do you think? If you have a top five pick. Well, are you taking a running back? Oh, Either man, of you this guys. This would be so much easier. Both of you. So much easier mm. if we weren't in the same fantasy league. 
right? I, I, I'm not going to use this as <laughs> Adam, you go first. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it yet. We're still a month out from the draft. You don't do three to five fantasy drafts per day on your phone. <laughs> uh, I haven't been. Sounds like someone's going to lose, lose this year. year. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I don't even know who the first, who like the best overall pick is yet. I think it's got to be Hertz. The first overall pick? I, why not? You're going really? with Hertz first overall. Why not? Interesting. You think, I, I mean, I just always feel like what I was saying, that a, a QB, it's not worth taking one in the first round. I don't know. Because you got to think. weary of taking. It, it's also like how well you know your league, right? Mm-hmm. Like how well you know where people draft guys. Because it's like. If you th- my tr- my strategy is always basically, I want this guy. Like, can I get this guy next round? If if I don't think I can, I'll take him now. Right, first round is obviously a little bit different, but my first pick is for sure Jefferson. Oh, I mean that's fair. Okay, yeah, I I can't blame you on that one. That's not that not seem that doesn't seem ridiculous to me at all. I mean, I think McCafferty could be that guy, but again, we're we're talking about. Uh, He's a running back in a system where they're like a gadget offense. Yeah. Where they're just basically who knows who's touching the ball and running the ball in that system. Is it a youth? That's the other thing to consider, right? Right. Because the the Niners have McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. Uh, I forget who their second string running back is, but you know he'll be incorporated a bit as well. So, Because this is the thing, guys. The copycats are coming. You know I'm a Shanahan truther. I don't. I don't. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's as good as the fucking the guys on the Ringer think he is. He almost got to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. He almost did, but he didn't. But that's because Brock Purdy got hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I almost got Sophia Franklin's phone number when I was on a Zoom with her once, but I didn't. Mm. So I mean, you know, that we almost do a lot huh? of things. Was <laughs> <laughs> one of the call her daddy chicks. But anyway, my ah, point my point being is dad. you can almost do a lot of things and not get. That's a fair point, you know. So I don't know. I think that the league is going to. Yeah, shift Mike, in you could have just fucking said that instead of that trash analogy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pleased with himself. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to wrap this up. So Adam, do you have a do you have a, a first overall pick yet? Wait, Mike, are you pissed? I don't want to end on that note. No, we're not going to end it. We have to do the parlay still. Yeah, but I don't want to. You want to make amends, Adam? Note, Mikey, it's all right. Yeah, read, read the new sponsor, Adam. That's all, that's that's it. Yes, I can't read it with that kind of energy, Mikey. Oh, welcome to the business. Adam, do you have a first pick for us? A first pick? Well, should I? Okay, should I read the ad or should I do my pick first? Do the pick. Get not not your parlay pick. Your fantasy pick. Have you decided? Oh, my first overall fantasy pick. Yeah. Um, Give it to us. (laughs) Get in the game. I don't know. Who's taking you to the promised land? I guess I would probably go with a wide receiver. Fig. What a pick. Put it on the table and show me something, Adam. I honestly, I don't know enough from the stat. I haven't looked at the stats from last year to know who I'm going to pick yet. 
I mean, I do like Kelsey a lot, but is he like a first overall? I mean, no. the gap between but him and every great. other tight end is so big. You could make the case right. for it. It is true. All right. Anyway. So, Mike, you're going with Hertz? I think I'm going with Hertz. What's the new sponsor, Adam? This week's Howard Ratner <laughs> No Shot Parlay is brought to us by. Brought to us by. I lost the house.com. Our brand new sponsor, boys. And they did give me an ad to read. Let's hear it. All right. Hey, you. Yeah, you, you worthless piece of trash. <laughs> Is your kid's college fund burning a hole in your pocket? Is the safety and security of financial stability simply not the life for you? I know exactly what you're going through, listener. You're getting the shakes. You're sweating. You're just desperate to gamble on something, anything. Well, whip open the curtains at that motel you're staying in because your wife kicked you out for the fourth time this year and let some sunshine in. Because I'm here to tell you about ilostthehouse.com. Ilostthehouse.com is the premier gambling site that gives you all of the action and none of the sugarcoating that all of these other gambling sites offer. At ilostthehouse.com, we know you're going to lose and you're going to lose big. (laughs) Why limit your gambling action to sports you're familiar with and understand the rules of? At ilostthehouse.com, you can gamble on any sport you want at any time of the year. The action is nonstop, and the losses are debilitating. (laughs) So what are you waiting for, you deadbeat? Go to ilostthehouse.com and take advantage of this special offer just for our listeners. Enter code SPORTSGROUP, and we will double your first bet. Now, just to be clear, you are not receiving any extra money. We will simply be doubling your wager, and you will be on the hook for it. <laughs> so go to ilostthehouse.com and start throwing it all away today. Oh, wow. Ooh, boy. I'm so excited that they're a part of the, uh, yeah. the sports group family now. Way bigger sponsor than Hal's. We're happy to have them. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. We that are. promo code is sports group. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, let's hit the parlay here, boys. What do we got? Matt, you want to go first? Yeah, so uh, in honor of the death knell of boxing, uh, I'm actually looking at an underdog this week. Uh, the I'm taking the money line this Friday night at 8 p.m. It's going to be uh, Paul Kroll. Boring. Boring. What a boring, right? Yeah. Boring name. Paul Kroll. Who is a minus four fifty favorite taking on Guido Emmanuel Schramm? I like that name. At oh, plus three twenty. Yeah. All right. I'm here in Slickback Studios with my Italian brother Mike Coscarelli. Hey. No better place than to put it all on Guido Emmanuel Schramm. Love that. Plus 320. And like most boxing fights these days, I have no idea where it's taking place, what the stakes are, or who these guys really are. But that name, Guido Emmanuel Schramm, plus 320. You know it's got to be Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. (laughs) How is it not in Dubai? Uh, Adam, you ready? Yes. Um, All right, boys. I'm going to scratch the itch finally this Thursday. I'm betting on the Jets at Brown, the Jets Browns game. All right, picking the Jets at minus one twenty five. I love words. It. I thought I'd never say minus one twenty five. The first ever Aaron Rodgers Jets game. 
I wonder, notes. are there bets on how... Uh, you might not know the answer to this, Adam, but are there bets on how long he's going to play for in the preseason game? I mean, you go to our sponsor. <laughs> sure. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> you want, man. Those, those might be exclusively on ilostthehouse.com. <laughs> right. You just... That, that website's pretty old school. You just call a number and some guy answers <laughs> and you just tell him what you want to do and he just that's, makes it happen. It's less a website, more than a lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, I am obviously going to uh, stay with baseball. To me, it's the only thing. Oh, I j- literally just clicked a button and fucking lost it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch bastard. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, the baseball is the only thing that I know about that's happening at this point in the season. It's August. It's the dog days. It's all we got. Other than the WNBA, but you can't get advanced odds on the WNBA on the DraftKings Act. Really? Yeah. Nothing, Who would have thought? Nothing outside of like later in the evening when you're you're betting. So uh, Wednesday, 8, 10 p.m., uh, the Mets are sending Kodai Senga to the mound against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Royals are plus 170 on the money line. Hmm. Bet them. The Mets just had a fire sale and got rid of the entire team. Yeah, the Kansas City Royals <laughs> suck, but so do the Mets. So honestly, till the end of till football season starts every week, I'm just letting you know right now, listeners. I am just going to be picking the money line against the Mets. Just bet the bet the money line against the Mets. Yeah, every game, every game. Is that what you're saying? So plus one seventy for the Kansas. I'm going to bet it right now. <laughs> plus one seventy. We Here. should track this. $25 just on on the, the Royals beating the Mets tomorrow. Plus 170 Straight So up. that's going to pay out, what, like 65 $67. Yeah, $67? Yeah. Yep. All right. There it is. So plus 170 This is a juicy one this week, guys. So, again, I just put this in our proprietary software. Of course. Here uh, from Patent the sports pending. group. Uh, it is plus 320 Uh Guido, Maritaro, whatever. And then minus one twenty five the Jets, and then plus one seventy the Royals. A one hundred dollar wager, boy oh boy, we are going to be rich after this one. That's going to bring us back. What the hell? <laughs> Can't Pat believe our so- our software glitched. What's happening here? We're having a rough night. My Damn. God, this working out the kinks in the studio. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, I'm going to roundabout here because our our uh, I think we got hacked. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to blame this on a hack. I think we've been hacked. <laughs> do we bet? Do we bet all? F- no. Do we bet all favorites or no? No, no, or no. Mine's not. We bet all underdogs. Yeah, I bet a favorite. Oh, the Je- no, the Jets are minus one twenty five. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. We bet a favorite. So anyway, yep. This is going to net us. I'm going to say twenty two hundred dollars. All right, that's, that's a roundabout. 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 Really? I like that. Yeah. This bet would net that much for a how much dollar bet? I mean, I mean, oh, because you're, I'm over because you're plus. It, it, it's it's a roundabout. You know, it's it's. Uh, you're plus three sixty, right? Plus three twenty, plus one seventy, minus one twenty five. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Bet it. All right. All right. Uh, it's time to go, guys. It's very late here in New York. Matt and I are very tired. 
Or the night might just be getting started. Remember, this is the city that never sleeps. It's not. I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on social media. I'm at Mike Coscarelli on all social platforms. And I'm in New York City, baby. I'm at Matt Lejeski. I'm feeling great. You can just follow me on the streets for the rest of something. At it's Adam Foster. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Keep watching sports. <laughs> Goodbye.